Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. Big weekend of sports, a ton of NBA yesterday. I enjoyed that quite a bit. The college basketball, the first game was entertaining, I guess. The second game was, um, well, I'm glad that was the second game because I didn't feel compelled to stay up and watch all of it. But what did you have your eye on this weekend? Yeah, no, the first game was good. I liked uh, I liked SDSU. I've had to, I've to put a real good cap on like my season, I guess. So both of my pregame bets lost, which is about how things have gone. But I did hit some SDSU second half. That was um, see, it, it came down to it. It was just a beautiful. I think they needed to lose by one or two. Losing by three would have been a push. So when they went down the court there, I'm just like. Oh man, how is this going to overtime? Like it's a foul and they make one free throw and I still find a way to lose this goddamn bet. But it was nice. Uh, I didn't think he was going to get a shot off. That was my take. You know, your brain works faster than your mouth or anything and you're thinking things in real time. And when he got caught down in the corner there in the SDSU game and he kind of dribbled his way out and I looked at the clock and I'm like, this is Wisconsin all over again. He's not even going to get a goddamn shot off. And when it went in, I made some noises that startled my children. And my mom just said, your dad probably made some money. That's what happened there. That's why he yelled. So it wasn't a big bet, but it was nice to get that second half. And then, yeah, well, after a little bit, I didn't even pay attention. I didn't make it to halftime the other one. I watched about the first half of that game. And then I watched the second half of the women's game, which was, I mean, it would be mildly annoying to watch if you're an Iowa fan, a Caitlin Clark fan, or just didn't like Kim Mulkey, which is pretty widely held um, thought process because she's an absolute, I mean, just a scowling troll, but um, it. it was wild. It was wild to see uh, just LSU's mid-range shit. Anything they took, like mid-range was just, just dropping. And it wasn't like, oh, it bounced around and went in. Like a ton of stuff from up on the key was just, just falling what are you going to do when the other team's shooting everything like that? They're getting that inside press. Reese inside was just cutting. And, and then, you know, he ended up with a, I don't know what her name was. Like the beefo Brady bowl or whatever. That's what, like, O'Grady. Uh, I think she was in foul trouble. The other, uh, the other big got fouled out early. Clark had foul trouble early. So turned into a whole thing, but it was, it was a good game. And uh, yeah, there was the whole, this thing, which Jesus, Twitter, like get your shit together. Like not, every, not everything has to be so binary. Like either you're wrong and I'm right, or like everybody can be a little wrong. Like, yes, we should shit talk more. Shit talks fun. No, what Caitlin Clark did a couple games ago is not the same thing. That was a, an absolute um, like false equivalency that people were trying to push. Like, yes, she did do some shit talking, and she's a great shit talker. Uh, but like what the LSU girl Reese did was a lot more over the top, but I still, I was there for it. Fuck it. It's a final. Like how many, That's how many of these goes. You climb the ladder. Yeah. And, and I it's mean, there fun. was, there was the, you know, the shot of Clark just absolutely <laughs> big dicking the, uh, uh, you know, the SC girl where she was out there to take a three and Clark just said, I'm not going to guard you. Like, you know, Clark in her own in her own way has been a, a bit of a shit talker. So it was fun. I, I had fun. I enjoyed the game. 
it was crazy how like the scoring went. I don't know what the total was. I'm assuming it went over by about 40 points, though, because Jesus Christ. Yeah, LSU got to uh got to a hundy in that one. Fun, and yeah, we get one more one more college basketball game tonight. I wish, I wish, I guess it was a closer line, and I wish it weren't a team that keeps winning by 20. But I'm gonna watch it anyway, and I'm gonna hope for some defense. I placed a small bet on the under. I think I like this better than the seven and a half. If I if I could see anything going right for San Diego State, and they've been great, but they've won a lot of close games against probably lesser competition. Whereas, you know, UConn, there's a long tail to them just beating the tar out of another team. There's a long tail to the seven and a half never being in in you know question. Whereas I think you could end up with a 15 point win where it still ends up, it still ends up being under the, the posted total. Especially if we see, I, I mentioned this to someone on the timeline this morning, like what SDSU did with Miller and Bama uh, first half there, it was like a under 50 point first half against Bama. This SDSU defense is actually super legit. It's the offense I am worried about. So if their defense steps up and really is able to limit UConn. And I don't think there's any question UConn's defense is crazy good. You saw huge stretches of Miami just not getting anything, Gonzaga not getting anything. I think uh, both defenses step up. And, yeah, if I'm wrong, this is a blowout. This isn't, oh, this is both teams just made everything. I don't think you see a track meet in this one where SDSU is competitive. If I'm wrong, it's because UConn put 80 on them or something along those lines. So hopefully we get some D tonight. That's the only one I'll be betting. I'll be looking for some people that I trust to give me a prop or two, maybe a prize picks play or something. But uh, it is weird. I think I don't know who made this comment, but somebody was mad at how early the women's final started. Yeah. He's like, why why does this start at like lunch and then the men's final starts at like midnight? He's like, Can't we find a happy medium for both of these? Which is yeah, for sure. It still bothers me that the men's final is on Monday. And like I get it's always been on Monday, but like just do Friday, Sunday. Do us all a freaking favor. Yeah. I know, and it's it's funny too. Um I've mentioned him before on the show, but a guy I work with at work is from Ireland. He has some knowledge of U.S. sports, but he's mostly a Gaelic football guy. And he was working on some SEO stuff. And he says, why is, is this the national, this is the biggest game. This is the final game. This is the championship for all the marbles. He's like, why the hell is it on a Monday? So I don't have an answer for that. That's how it always been. So they go Saturday for the final four and then Monday for the championship. That's just why it is. I actually have, if somebody has a legit answer for that, I would love to hear it because I thought about it for a second. I hate the, well, that's how we've always done it. Like that's the worst thing you can hear anywhere, especially in the workplace. But Christ, I have no idea. It's just because it's how we've always done it. So here's to Monday. Here's to Masters Week. And here's to Bogota. Red and two. Are there two Charlestons or are we just doing one this year? I think there's just one Charleston this year. It's always hard to tell in the WTA. But let me see quickly here. How many Charlestons do we have? I think just the one, but we'll see. It could change. There might be a Charleston 125K. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. 
But tennis continues. It persists no matter what happens in the world. And this is kind of an interesting transition week. Um, we're going to move into clay season here. And that happens in sort of two ways. Um, you can go down to South America and play in Bogota, Colombia, which is very high altitude, um, very slow courts, uh, you know, in terms of the clay. But the ball moves again because you're up so high. Just an absolute you know, brutal conditions unless you're just a peak athlete there. Or you go to Charleston and play on green clay, which yeah. is somewhere between clay, somewhere between hard courts. I argue with people about this a little bit, but it's not that thick, red, heavy clay. There is, um, you know, a little more firmer of a surface to be on there. So yeah, it's, 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 it's a bit smoother um, from yeah. what I've seen. It just, it, it does not play. You're not picking up as much with the ball. It's smoother and the ball is going to move a lot faster on this. It's actually kind of a i enjoy this it's a fun surface it is the charleston tournament's been pretty good we had a lot of success there last year and then we go into european clay season we'll have stuttgart and then madrid and saint malo and a spanish tournament rome and then the french open which i'm sure you heard of there um so it's a fun part of the year but this is an odd week you don't have a lot of big names playing so um try to be careful this week uh, it's could be a little tougher to find lines. Not everybody had everything for Bogota. So let's jump into it here. I've got three bets, and um, already you're going to see how kind of a weirder week it is with that second one. But we're going to start here with Alita Svitolina. You might remember her. She last played tennis about a year ago in Miami. Um, took a year off to get married and have a baby, which is really wonderful, but has come back. This will be her first tournament here and is someone that I'm not too worried about her needing to really build up into any kind of form. She's someone that generally is, is very physically fit. If you've been sort of paying attention to her social media a little bit. You go back, she looks like she's in good shape. She's a very smart tennis player and goes up against Yulia Putin-Seva, who, with all due respect, is, is someone that really just tries to outwork people, tries to force people to make mistakes, generally does not have the kind of talent to take over a match. And Putin-Seva is a four-and-a-half, almost five-game favorite, depending on where you look. She's minus 300 on the money line, so... Give me Svitolina here. Uh, this is a really hard match to handicap. Again, she hasn't played an entire year. It's kind of a surface change, but Putin Seva has not been playing good tennis by any stretch. Svitolina um, has actually played her eight times already in her career, six and two, with those losses only really coming in retirements or kind of odd spots here. So I like Svitolina. This is a great tournament for her to come in, get back, start to get some points, um, you know, reestablish herself a little bit. This is an opponent that, again, if she was even close to solid form, she would probably be a favorite here. So give me plus 240. And then I wanted to play over two and a half sets in Sastovich Kennan, but the options were few and far between. And everywhere I looked, over two and a half sets was, you know, plus 130, plus 135. But I was able to find it over 23. Um, some offshores have this. Bovada is where I found it. Again, if you have over two and a half sets, plus 140, somewhere in that range, go ahead and take that. But this is kind of the best bet I could find. Um, over 23 here, plus 135. Again, it's effectively over two and a half sets. I was willing to take a little bit less of a price here because they can hit it in two, you know, seven, six, six, four kind of thing. You're looking at a push. I mean, that'd have to be kind of an, an ATP match, but I expect this to be a battle. Uh, you know, Sastovich and Kennan have played some um, very competitive matches the few times they have played, both of them. Play an okay tennis, but neither one of them really dominant here. I think you're looking at two players. Uh, you know, it's basically going to be that Spider-Man meme for, for most of the match with the two of them just sort of pointing at each other. So find over two and a half sets if you have it. My option was over 23 games, plus 135. Again, a plus 130 or better on over 23. If you got over two and a half sets, I was hoping for a plus 140. Something in that range, you should be good. And then Bogota, as I mentioned, a 
an odd tournament. This is um, one where if you go back and look historically, two or three women really dominate this event. And two of them play here this afternoon and are much shorter favorites than I had them. We'll start with Nuria Parisas Diaz. Um, when Outrights reopen this afternoon, well, probably tonight or tomorrow morning, if you can find some NPD at six and a half, seven and one to win the tournament, she's going to be a huge favorite pretty much all the way through. And she's minus 275 against Francesca Jones, had this closer to 350. Sarah is Tormo pretty much makes the quarterfinals every time she plays here. It's minus 195 against Aliona Balsova. I actually like Balsova quite a bit and is someone I like to back, but this should be closer to 250. So put the two together, you get plus 105. Again, I would have this closer to like minus 125, minus 130, you know, given on some of the prices that I had. So a parlay, an over two and a half set slash an alt over, depending on what your books offer. And Alina Svitolina in her first match back. I was going to say, it has been a while. I kind of forgot she did the, the whole maternity leave. But yes, and there's not, you know, we will we'll, we'll drag uh, people who just bet on trends and bullshit like that. But there has been out of anything in tennis, you know, besides probably surface and surface changes, but altitude for sure matters to some players. And there are players that year in year out are able to go to these tournaments in the Alps in Austria, or the, especially the ones down here in South America and play well the men's side had just shining example until they got rid of the tournament. And also the guys probably 40 at this point, but there was a tournament called Quito. I don't even know which country Ecuador. I believe I could be wrong. Probably I'm wrong, but Victor Estrella Burgess was known as the King of Quito. That guy didn't do shit anywhere else. He was decent clay player. He'd be okay, but he'd go up there and just win that thing. And I don't know if he just had an oversized heart or oversized lungs, but altitude did not affect that guy like it affected other people. So, um, yeah, he he was – I don't think he ever lost a match in keto, to tell the truth. I think he entered it like four times, won it four times. That was just it or something something stupid like that where he just never lost and, and then they got rid of the tournament, so he was able to ride in the sunset uh, retired. But keto uh, is a little higher, but Bogota still like 8,500 feet up, so – Fun, uh, this will be a fun one. Maybe you could pick someone who has terrible cardio and just bet against them. That'd be a fun match to watch as they are just struggling with uh, with life up there in the mountains. Keto is in Ecuador. God damn it, Dan. That's awesome. Good. I nailed yeah. one today. We're trying well, to see if I can find how many times he won this event, but Keto is in Ecuador, Augusta is in Georgia. And it is Masters Week. We're going to have some fun content around that. Obviously, the normal show tomorrow with Noonan talking about betting, uh, the DFS show on this channel with uh, basically anybody who's talking DFS, whether it's Daigle, Ron, uh, Byron, all those guys will get into the short field. It's a fun week for DFS with the short field, having only the 89 golfers, 88 now, Aaron Wise withdrawing to double check that. But odds are out it's Masters Week, and we will even have an extra special deep dive after some pretty good numbers, not only from just people watching it normally, but for some reason, some Russian bot farms have really liked this video. <laughs> uh, bringing back Calhoun, bringing back Link Calhoun for his yes. master's talk. And we're going to do it a day early. I, I hate I hate doing golf talk on a Wednesday night. It doesn't have a lot of evergreen you know, to it. You either have to watch it live or listen to it in the evening, the master's. Yeah, so we're going to do it a day early. We're going to do the deep dive tomorrow, normal time, 7 p.m. Central, 8 Eastern, with live with Link Calhoun talking betting, golf, life. 
He's got a new dog. We're going to talk some DFS. We'll talk some Rainmakers. Anything we want to talk about. But real quick, let's take a look at the top of the board, which are ridiculous if you want to bet Rory. Rory's lower at some places. There's six to ones on Rory, which is not a bet you should make. This guy doesn't win Masters. It's not what he does. Um, honestly, probably the same for Rom. I'm not sure. It's He's great. It has 18 tee boxes and 18 flags, so it's a course fit for him. But it's not the best fit for him just in general against an elite field. And I'm, I'm not so sure I like him either here. So look, I'd look further down the board and I'd shop because Morikawa, 25, there's 35s up there. Yeah, you've already you know, some, of, some of these other numbers, you can really you can really shop around and find some decent numbers. It, it feels like it shouldn't be the case on a week like this, but it definitely is, especially now on Monday. I suppose the biggest story on the odds board moving, well, there's probably two. Corey Connors denied someone an automatic entry. He was already in the field. If somebody who's not in the field wins the Valero Texas Open last week, they get to go to the Masters. Connors actually did that himself uh, for his first Augusta when he won this five years ago. Uh, Nobody was able to do that as Connors was already in the field, and his odds took a little bit of a, a bump, probably too far. I don't think he wins the Masters, but his odds dropped. And also... Brooks Kepka went out and looked like a decent golfer for three straight days at the Live Orlando, and everybody and their sister went and jumped on the Brooks. Yeah, I you got to. I don't. I don't have a bet right now. I'm, I'm probably going to be in on Fino at the price. You bet but more. I do want. I do want to have a conspiracy theory for anyone who watched Full Swing. You know, it's the golf version of Drive to Survive or the the tennis one. What's the tennis school one? Breakpoint. Matchpoint. Match point? I don't remember what it's called, but conspiracy theory for anyone who watched Full Swing, there's like a whole episode where Brooks is basically depressed about like, hey, golf is hard. It broke my brain. I started to play Blad. All the pressure broke me. Look where I am now. I'm not any good anymore. This is all I think about. I'm sad. This is the closet with the swing in it that I come to cry in. And I don't know. my, My conspiracy theory is maybe that was all just a setup, like a full Kaiser Soze. All of a sudden, you know, where he starts walking straight, all of a sudden Brooks starts hitting it straight. He just anytime needed... a man bleaches his hair, you have to be concerned about his mental well being. Yeah. The Puka shell necklace look was a little rough, but I'm here for it. I'm not gonna bet on him. The numbers are way flows, too depressed. Ups and downs. Yeah. Ups and I'm, I'm I'm here for it where he was just kind of like playing possum and now he's back. And uh, it'll again, it'll be so wild if a live guy wins because Fucking Greg Norman will be so insufferable, but I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for excitement. So let's go, Brooks. Yeah, I want to see you back. It would be fun. I'd, I'll have to find a price on Brooks and have just a little sprinkle because uh, you got to have a part of that, right? Yeah, and he always. I mean, he did always play well in bigger events. He, that's kind of was was his shtick for like a year and a half there. It's like, man, this guy just cranks it up for majors. So hopefully we see that. I'd just like to see good golfers play good golf. I want to see a lot of it this week. I'll have my bets out. Probably I'm, I'm going to settle on two or three outrights this afternoon. I don't have any good futures. Congrats to anyone who grabbed big numbers on Cam Young. I know our friend Dwayne has a good price on him and Homa. Those had come down quite a bit. So good job to you. I'll have, uh, I'll have some futures out this week. Speaking of, there's no NBA today. They have doffed their caps to the amateurs and said, let's not try to compete against the national title game, especially when some there's some games that would be like, oh, man, nobody's watching this anyway. 
what's the Brinks thing? Like you could play this basketball game in their backyard and they're not watching it. It's so bad because you have some teams that are out or just resting players. So it's maybe not the worst call. And then we get a bunch of basketball for the rest of the week as we finish the season up here. It's a sprint. Every team's got about three or four games left. We've got a huge slate tomorrow, a big slate on Wednesday, Giants late on Friday, and then Sunday, April 9th. This Sunday is the last day of the regular season, finally. And um, thought we'd take a break quickly and talk about, um, you know, we thought about taking a look at the awards. I think the awards are mostly wrapped up at this point. You know, MVP, I don't know if it's Embiid. I don't know if it's Jokic. Again, you could make worse bets than Giannis at 7-1 at this point, but it feels like it's Embiid or Jokic, and I wouldn't touch Embiid at minus 250. I wouldn't be interested in Jokic at plus 240. So hopefully you've got everything buttoned up there. Rookie of the year, with all due respect, everybody pumping Jalen Williams and Walker Kessler and all that stuff. Pancaro is going to win. That's done. Um, sixth man of the year, again, um, or sorry, uh, most improved market in a big favorite. You know, I, I think the SGA bet may have petered out since he's missed more games and market in here down the stretch. So we'll see, but I think it's probably market in there. Sixth man of the year quickly just continues to get more and more. Um, bet more and more each and every day. And that makes sense. Again, New York media vote. He is the only guy that has really been exciting as six man this year. So I think he's got that defensive player of the year continues to waffle back and forth. Hopefully for our Jaron Jackson Jr. bets, uh, there's a little bit of late steam on him holds and he gets to win there. That's the only one that feels like a toss up. But again, you're not betting Brook Lopez at plus 110. But there were markets to make the playoffs here, and and this is after the play-in tournament, as we made. So I went through and started to look at some scenarios, Andy, because basically what you're getting here for some of these teams is kind of a two-team parlay, basically. You know, the way the play-in worked, seven plays eight, the winner of that game is in. Eight plays the winner of the 9-10 game. If eight wins that game, they move in. So as you start to look at it, things are starting to settle settle up here a bit more. Um, you know, the Mavericks are one game back at the 10 seed now. Oklahoma City owns the tiebreaker there. It's not that the Mavericks can't make the playoffs, but I think they're kind of done at this point unless something yeah. crazy happens. Um, the Lakers, you know, half a game back from the five, half a game back from the six, tied with the Pelicans there with the tiebreaker. That's kind of an interesting spot. I thought about maybe a Pelicans no bet um, at plus 200, but as I started to look at some of the scenarios, they could still sneak up to six, and they've got a couple easy games here. I think we'll just do better fading the Pelicans once we get to play in time. But one team that I think, again, is still being underpriced in the market for some reason, looks like they're locked into the play-in, and I like the price we're going to get here at plus 750. I think we're going to do much better on this than we will kind of the rolling two-game parlay here. Give me the Oklahoma City Thunder, plus 750 to make the playoffs after the play-in tournament. And again, as I look at the standings, this just looks kind of me like a two-game parlay of them beating the team at nine and then beating the loser that 7-8 game. So with all due respect to your Minnesota Timberwolves here, um, Andy, I have the Timberwolves at home favored over the Thunder, but not in a big way. I mean, what, like by two? Two and, yeah, I got two and a half, basically, which, you know, you're looking at a money line of around minus 140, minus 150, maybe at that point. And then this, so if they could win that game, it'll be plus 125-ish or something in that game as an underdog. You move into the next game, either the Lakers or the Pelicans. And again, both of those teams, a little bigger favorites than I have the Timberwolves. But, you know, you're only looking at a range of maybe four and a half. I think yeah. if the Lakers come out of that first game and blow team blow the you know the pelicans out maybe they come in as five point favorites everyone's juiced on them but again you're looking at you know a part a parlay i think in real life of what's going to be like plus 125 plus 180 ish you put the two of those together you only look at a five five and a half to one yeah so i was gonna say plus, plus 750 plus here. 500 and yeah the timberwolves just in general have i don't know like was nas reed that important 
I mean, he was a really big piece. He, he was starting to add in, in multiple stat categories. He was having a good year, and he's certainly not coming back anytime soon. Just It's been kind of a really messy roller coaster year for my Timberwolves. And like I said, my dog ate my Timberwolves hat, so season's over anyway. Like, I, I don't want to go to a playoff game now. I'd have to buy another hat. And they're just so expensive at the arena. All right, so, so let's go Thunder. Yeah. And I forget who told us Thunder to make the play-in tournament at like plus 250. Kudos. Yeah, let's go Thunder. I can cheer for them. <laughs> there was a fun chart uh, Twitter. I don't know. I won't be able to actually give people the you know the proper credit, but somebody had a good tweet about that. It was like average age of your starting starters, and it was uh, San Diego State and then some NBA teams because they are they do have some super <laughs> seniors. And yeah, the Thunders like the Thunder was like a year and a half younger on average than San Diego State. They are. They are kind of building something down there. And I think, I don't know if you'd, you, would you agree they have like a, a pretty decent coach in place? They have a nice little nucleus and they're probably going to yeah. end up with some, some more capital here. So I'm kind of, it's kind of fun after, you know, just how disappointing, I guess. They're, they're, that was like one of the original super teams, man. That one just kind of fell into place organically. And they just that was the best super team. That's what everybody was... hopes and prays for when they try to tank. Like everyone's like, but look at Oklahoma City. They had Durant and Harden uh... and Westbrook when he was still useful at Ibaka. Like it's not everyone can do that. I mean, that, that's, that's yeah, a that, West, that Western Conference Finals, the Thunder Warriors was just so so good. So I I kind of cheer. They're like a secondary team. I cheer for to get get that shit back because they deserve better. Let's go Thunder Thunder. Oh, Fun to cheer for a team, too, that's the only team in their state. There is no hockey team. There is no baseball team. There is no football team. There is just the Thunder. No, it's the Sooners. Plus, it's a great friend so. song. Yeah. Let's go Oklahoma City. And then, yes, as mentioned, as you can see, if you're watching, we have not only the page pool sign-up is ready, but the field is set. So if you were to go sign up last week, you wouldn't have actually been able to pick your golfers. The field is set. The tournament's ready. You can go in and pick your golfer. So if you go enter this, the link will be in the show notes. The link will be in the YouTube show notes. Go click on that link. It helps us out. Um, basically, if we can continue to drive some good engagement and get a lot of people over to sign up for this contest, it's going to help us to put together some really good contests for the NFL, like some big survivor leagues, some other contests around the NFL. We're able to give some good prizes. So do me a favor. Sign up for that. It's free. You can win a golf trip to head out to uh, Liberty National, play around with Paige. We'll put you up in a hotel, fly you there round trip, no matter where you're from, except Canada, U.S. only, guys. Let's uh, oh, suck it. Yeah. Kelly Canada, I feel bad. I feel bad. bad for Canada. There's so many laws about giveaways in Canada that we just have to be like, you know, whatever. Legal says legal says stick to America. So sign up. It's Come free. You just have to get rid of free health care. It's basically the same. Yeah. Catch you guys tomorrow. <laughs>